The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Bunker Mania. We are here to talk about WWE shenanigans all over the shop because Survivor Series was a thing that happened. So we must discuss it. That is the way that this goes. I am Jeremy Graves. Thank you very much for joining us here tonight. And I am joined by my cohort in crime, a fellow tall man. Let's see. He will be the Scott Hall if I am Kevin Nash in The Outsiders. It's Mr. Ian Bolton. How's it going, good sir? It's going good. It's going good. I'm surviving. Survival. Surviving. Survival. It's the name of the game. It's the name of the... Well, it's kind of the name of the stream, I suppose, for tonight. <laughs> I was going to say, sounds you like sound a tad unconvinced, but sure. <laughs> but I, I, I like the Scott Holt comparison. I'm fine with that. It's you because you are yeah. the bad guy in a different yeah, just, I just need the toothpick and the and the crazy Scarface uh, accent. He's like, I am the bad guy. No, I can't do it. I can't. He's like, hello, I am the bad guy. And now I sound French. <laughs> I mean, what I would say already, mate, is you trying to do a Scott Hall impression a la Razor Ramon is arguably far more interesting than the pay-per-view that we had to bear witness to just, what, about a couple of days ago? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think there's many other things that we can talk about, but it, it, this is Bunkermania. We're here to talk about all things wrestling. We talk about AEW. We talk about WWE. So it's uh, it's time to talk about WWE, and it's... Well, yeah. <laughs> that reaction yeah, that, sums that, it all up. That kind of sums up. Should note to, from the get-go, everybody, Probably going to be little to no AEW talk tonight. I know I yeah. normally am the one to talk about AEW, but this one we're very much focusing on WWE. For better or worse, we will find out in due course. Mr. Ian Bolton, before we go any further, any additional Bunkerzilla, Bunkermania-related info that we should impart on the fine folks watching here today, I'm, tonight, yesterday, not- tomorrow, whenever or wherever they are watching this? Well, this is our. I think this is our last live show of the year because in terms of the pay-per-view calendar, it's it's pretty much done and dusted. There is much, un- much like WWE, they have no more pay per views this year until the first of January, which we'll get onto a bit later on. Um, <laughs> so I think yeah. So we've got we will have two we have two re- uh, pre recorded specials coming up very very soon. We'll talk about that in the outro. Um, but of course, there is also a, a AEW's a Winter is Coming, which I believe is December fifteenth uh, this year. So probably in one of those recorded episodes, we will touch base on that show as well hopefully um so yeah um and as always um obviously if you're watching this live on twitch we want to make sure the stream experience is at its most optimal level for you guys so if there's any issues with sound or video do let us know in the chat and if you're watching on youtube uh, this episode we are definitely having chapter points because there's quite a bit to go through with wwe so if you want to go straight to survivor series just uh, click the, the chapter link in the description below and you'll go straight into the uh to that pay-per-view. I just, like, I'm trying to, it's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sound positive, but it's, it, and I think the way we're starting this, it's very hard to be positive about WWE these days with all the shenanigans that goes on. And I, mean, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It, it, it's, it's an excellent time to be a WWE fan right now. Really? Let, let's, let's kick off. So before we go in, so I think I'm probably going to be the one kind of leading this a little bit because mm-hmm. I've had more sort of like, I've been keeping an eye on WWE as well as AEW. So before we go into Survivor Series in general, I think it's just kind of 
a good place just to kind of catch up briefly on some recent events that have happened in WWE. So start of November, uh, around 4th of November, they have their quarter and uh, their quarter earnings call. Again, they have record profits. Record profits. What a surprise. Record profits for that quarter. For that That's quarter. That's the key detail here. For that standalone quarter, they yeah. have record profits. Yes. And then on the very same day in the evening, why <sighs> they start some releasing. Uh, so <clears throat> sorry, apologies to get that out of my throat. So 4th of November, um, the following superstars. If, if got you're released. gonna play release bingo, please get your cards ready now. Uh, it's not a fun game, this no, right. not at all. It's horrible. But sorry, right. I'll let you continue. Uh, so release superstars are on after that earnings call. Carrie and Cross, Scarlet, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, uh, Frankie Monet. Uh, B-Fab from Hit Row, Eva Ramirez, uh, Harry Smith, uh, who had re-signed, but not debuted at all. Wait, wait uh, a second. Harry Smith was signed? Yeah. He was re-signed after Hall of Fame earlier this year. So uh, we also have Ember Moon, Incidorado, Grand Matalik, uh, Ni- I think I've mentioned, have I mentioned Nia Jax? Either way, you have now. <laughs> I have now, Nia Jax. Uh, and then quite a few NXT uh, recruits. Uh, Trey Baxter, Jesse Camille. Zeta Ramirez, Katrina Contez, uh, Jeep Roma, and uh, yeah, so we had that group. Which there are some, there are some names there which we'll get to, which are just mind blowing. And everyone, and everyone was under the impression that was it for releases. Due to the November eighteenth, a few days before Survivor Series, let's have some more releases. Everyone else from Hit Row's gone. John Morrison, Tegan Knox, Shane Fawn, formerly of Retribution. Uh, Drake Maverick and Jason Riker, and the good old reason of budget cuts again, which I think we're both in agreement, and I think a lot of fans are probably in agreement, is probably a lot of bullshit. Um, yeah, it's it's where do you it's like there are names on this list, there are names here that are just what, how do you, how do you not see? potential or a use for for people like Keith Lee. How do you not how do you not see uh something like that for um you brought it with John Morrison. If you're going to use John Morrison use him then him just sitting backstage trying to kind of find his karma. And hit the hit row is just I it's like that was a faction that worked very well in NXT 1.0 and they were great. And it was exciting to see them come up to the main roster. But all they had was three promos, one squash match, and they're gone. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's it's just it's just bonkers. Now they're different, they're, they're different sort of things coming out as to why some releases are happening. Obviously, people don't buy the budget cut side of things, I think, for some people here as well. Um so there's it's just it's been discussed there's some talk about either covid vaccination or that sort of stuff uh, or attitude issues it's surprising every time a group of people get cut from wwe suddenly attitude issues turn up and you had one or two coming up for like keith lee saying keith lee had attitude issues i'm guessing the attitude issue is he sensed that some of his creative was pretty bollocks and he probably stood up for it and there's like, oh no that's attitude issues no 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 i mean I mean, there there have been fan interactions. Um, I remember uh, people were kind of going, oh, the the Bearcat Keith Lee thing was his idea. It's like, no, it wasn't. 
Didn't, didn't he all. go on Twitter and say that as well? Yeah, he went. He said that, and you got a fan saying, "Oh, can I have the uh, can I have the Carrion Cross Gladiator mask?" And Carrion Cross is going, "No one wants that shit." So it's like this is the thing that that's frustrated. I think a lot of people who've invested time in NXT 1.0 and seen these seen a good wealth of talent come up to the main roster and basically everything that's made them special, everything that's made them work with crowds, gets stripped out and just thrown to the wolves in a way. And it's like when, when people can't get over it, they go, oh, no, they can't get over it. We don't need them anymore. It's like, no shit. You give them shit mm. gimmicks. You give them shit characters. You take away the one thing. The fa- Basically, with Kane Cross, he should have turned up day one with the same entrance from NXT with Scarlet and just been an unbeatable killing machine. Nah, we'll get him, we'll get him pinned by Jeff Hardy because kids love Jeff Hardy. And there's, and there's a long out train I've fought. No, there fucking isn't. Apologies for language this early on, but no, there fucking isn't. Uh, again, <laughs> Keith Lee had a huge health scare earlier this year with COVID and, and, and so forth. And great. Wonderful. That sort of stuff. I just like, I, it's like, I don't want to, I, I, I don't, it's like, I'm trying not to get too angry about this. Obviously I think people can tell I am a bit annoyed and so forth, but it's just kind of, this is the thing. How can fans invest? How can fans invest in like characters or even consider WWE is going to get better if you can't even invest in characters who may very well be gone the next week. Because usually yearly, releases used to be a yearly thing. Now they just become like every so often or when or when they were going, oh, got to get those profits going. Love the profits. Um, so yeah. what I will say, now for the record, all of these releases are horrid, quite frankly. Yeah. Like obviously the whole like potential COVID-related vaccination thing, not my business what someone thinks, I've nope. got my views. People can have their views. Disclaimer for anyone that cares, I'm double vaxxed waiting for a booster. Just putting it out there for the context mm. of this conversation. So but that aside, yeah. the thing is, at the moment, WWE is in a transition. The whole NXT 2.0 thing is a clear statement of that. And quite frankly, based on what I, the, the little I have kept up with and heard on NXT 2.0, not out of malice, just because quite frankly, I've got better use of my time. Yeah. It sounds like it ain't going particularly well. There are slight uh, elements which are shining lights, like Bron Breaker, is it? It's the, the, the Steiner, yeah, who's yeah. not Steiner. Yeah, but the Bron problem Breaker's is that it's clear that WWE do not want to be what it was a few years ago for NXT, effectively the super indie. Yeah, That is basically what NXT became when it was fronted up by Triple H. And now they just want to kind of go back to more bigger guys. There are not very many small guys on the roster now who you even perhaps imagine will be able to break through a mold. There are are some exceptions to the rule. Like, Mm -hmm. ones that spring to mind, Ricochet is still doing a thing from what I can tell. But then, And I should be clear, I've really not kept up much with WWE, and that's a choice, because quite frankly, the last show I watched before Survivor Series the other day was SummerSlam. So I'm basing from that to survive a series on what I'm saying. So feel free to mm. jump in and correct me if I'm very much incorrect. Okay. But there are very clearly certain people who are already, quote-unquote, established that will be in that mould to some degree. But if you mm. want to break through now, if you are a smaller guy who wants to go to WWE, at this point, it must simply be because you want a paycheck. Yeah. Because why would anyone who wants to further their career as a wrestler, wants to go to WWE unless they simply want to see if they can be someone to break through this ridiculous ceiling 
which yeah. has been a WWE thing for so long now. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to some of those names released, they are they became big names in WWE. Like look, yeah. one that springs to mind from NXT, Ember Moon. Yeah. That was an entire NXT creation, that character that is now just gone. I, I don't know if they if she's come out publicly and said what she's going to do next or whatnot or, or acknowledged anything. I, I don't know on that on that front. But with Ember yeah. um, with Ember Moon in particular, she she was very well loved in NXT 1.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, went up to the main roster. Unfortunately, there was some injuries there that kind of stunted mm-hmm. what she could do. Um, so after I think one of her more recent injury layoffs, about a year and a bit, she went back to NXT just as it transitioned over to 2.0. Um, and yeah, that 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 was pretty much it. There's again, there's these reports out saying from WWE that they look they have particular look, they're looking for particular things now with with recruits and for female superstars it's getting even sillier they now want 20 i think the the report thing is they need to be 25 and under now mm. to be considered yeah, and, signed by wwe and when it's yeah. like and uh that's something uh frankie bonnet or tire i think it's tanya valkyrie uh, tire valkyrie tire valkyrie really let rip when she was released mm-hmm. just saying it, it's utterly ridiculous and it's kind but, of yeah yeah sorry sorry i'll let you finish sorry, sorry. no no I, I know i was done i was done sorry because what, I, but what I will say is, and what you've just mentioned there about the alleged uh, requirements now mm. for, for female uh, for female performers, I'm going to yeah. use that phrase now, is it, it's another example to back up what I said of WWE wanting to have a particular mold. There was the phrase yonks ago, like of people saying it's a very cookie cutter like formula where everything's mm. got to be a certain way. WWE is going back to that, uh, but I'm a firm believer that things are cyclical, and so at some point in the future there will come a time when, you know, things from like a few years ago might become a bit more prevalent again, or there might be a few people who will break through the mold and whatnot and be like the cookie that's a bit out of shape, if you will, but does really well. But to try and put a positive spin on this, Mm. all of these people have been let go. That's horrid, to be clear. Mm. But the amount of talent now that is available within a few months to start going around the world, be it Japan, coming over here to the UK for indie shows. Mm-hmm. You've got Impact Wrestling doing really good stuff. And we never actually talk yep. about Impact Wrestling, partly because I don't get much time to watch it. I know you don't nor either. Do I, nor, nor do I. But what I they have like got is really, really solid. In fact, you know what? I'm going to suggest, Ian, at some point, let's watch some Impact because I think you yeah. will really like it, genuinely. That's, maybe maybe that's something for New Year. That, maybe that's there, you go, nice, yeah. there you go. That's a Bunkermania New Year resolution. We're actually going to do some. We'll, we'll dedicate some time to talk about Impact because it's, I believe it's very easy to watch the Impact recordings anyway. Because I think most episodes are live on Facebook or via uh, the Impact Plus app. If it's only I, if you want to watch the yeah. paper you have to pay and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So no, I agree because there are a few wrestlers who I do like who are at Impact, and I just haven't dedicated time to to watch it because obviously there's so much wrestling in the world. But you're right. I think exactly. a lot. A lot of these names are going to hit the ground running of promotions very quickly. I will be surprised if I don't see Heath Lee in AEW when his ninety days are up, because mm-hmm. it's like it's like you don't sleep on you don't sleep on a talent like that. You really don't. Um, I think Karrion Cross will probably find his feet again as well. Absolutely no problems with that. Uh, let's have a look. Who else? I mean, there, there's so many names though, isn't there? Like they, I'm, they, they, I'm, they can go anywhere. I mean, hit. I mean, hit row would be a very good faction to bring in as a group maybe for for one maybe impact maybe maybe something like if, that if, if shane strickland i can't remember what his name was next yeah uh, as i swerve. swerve yeah swerve, thank you yeah swerve, but yeah. if he does not end up in aew or 
MLW maybe, I will be mm. very surprised. But yeah. AEW just seems like a perfect fit for him yeah, with the level absolutely. of talent they've got there. Absolutely. Uh, just have a look. Again, John Morrison. Yeah, probably, we'll probably see him in Impact, maybe. Johnny maybe, Impact. Or AEW, <laughs> maybe. Um, and he, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just like, that's. I think that's the. I think that's a very po- the positive thing to look at. This is like wrestling is back. The wrestling in the wrestling in the promotions are getting more and more back into things. Yeah, mm-hmm. Impact obviously, Impact's going okay now. AW is is going amazingly well, and all these other brands and and promotions are starting to really get their feet or get back on their feet after pandemic and COVID. So there yeah. is plenty of opportunity there now i think now more than ever to kind of go and make a splash make a name for yourself there's so many other options as well wrestlers can make a name for themselves obviously there's things like twitch there's things like youtube channels and all that sort of stuff um i think even even bray white has started to go off and do hollywood for this plan to do a hollywood film with um with the makeup guy who created the fiend with him so it's like there are so many different avenues for people to kind of approach now and all, all these people are talented they are going to find their way and and i hope they're all they all find something successful to do um, but yeah, if, if WWE aren't going to appreciate the talents, there are, there are plenty of other companies out there that are going to, and, and even us as fans, we are going to appreciate their talents somewhere else. Um, and I mean, it's like, I think for me, it's like the reason I can't, I still watch WWE from time to time. I think the only main pro the only main program I watch, I think on a weekly basis is SmackDown because it's short. And, and I like, like I said, I, I do like the Roman Reigns character. And I, I think over on uh, SmackDown, from what yeah. I can tell, SmackDown has easily been the stronger show in general. Yeah, and far more actually entertaining of the two to watch. It's still not a perfect product. There are still I some agree, very stupid yeah. WWE booking habits that are just still painful to to watch on a weekly basis. But I watch that. I watch that particular show because I like to support the performers, and I think it's not. And at the end of the day, it's not the performers' fault that they are. They are kind of stuck in this because I, I I can't imagine what it's like to work for WWE right now. I really can't. I ima- I imagine it it would be a toll on even the most sanest of persons in this. So um, yeah, well, well, like- well, the other thing as well, and this is to sort of back up why to back up my comment a minute ago of why would anyone go to work there is even if you sign a contract there. I mean, who was sorry? Forgive me for not knowing the names, but. Was it B Fab of Hit Row? Yeah, yeah. So Hit like, Row, she got released like a week. She specifically got released. I think it was like a week or two after she had signed a new contract. Yeah, so it's like Hit. I think Hit Row signed a main roster contract when they went up, which obviously takes the thirty day non compete up to ninety day non compete. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's like all right. It's it's like there's there's it's like there's literally no job security at WWE unless unless you're a Vince pet project. That you have no, it's like you could be shown the door next day. I mean, even Xavier Woods was was talking about talking about possibly being released, maybe down the line at some point. And he says, if that's the case, then it's like, well, I became king of the ring, my job here's done, I'm fine. And again, Xavier Woods has got plenty of other options. I mean, he's obviously G four at the moment. He's a yeah. He's, he's on. He, I mean, up up down down is technically suspended now, isn't it? Because aren't they? Yes. Because like, they're not doing anything. This is just me anecdotally reading things on Twitter, but I think I read that they're not doing any programming on there out of protest for all the releases. Yeah. Which good uh, no, on no, them. no, no, no. Um, part of the releases, but also the fact that Xavier Woods doesn't earn any. Apparently, he doesn't earn much from up and mm. down. Down. It's like he he started the channel with WWE, but he doesn't own it. So basically, yeah. he's he's not getting any extra uh, financial incentives or compensation for the, the amount of hard work he puts on there. 
Mm. Um, so, Which is yeah. why he randomly appeared on a stream on on, a, on the former Tyler Breeze's channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of there's no job security there. So it's like you like you see you see vignettes for for Zylee coming soon. It's a nice vignette. I think it's a pretty nice vignette. But the fact is, I will, I will not be surprised if it gets to like four weeks down the line when it comes to next releases and Zylee stars and turn up and they just go, no, we didn't even Zylee after all. It's like again, mm. it's like it's the whole ass the black thing. It's like. You invest your time and money in this. And from a fan, you invest your time as a fan. And then it's like, oh, here they are one week. Oh, we have now released this person. Why? Mm. Budget cuts. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, the, the, it's going to be very interesting in the next coming months. It's going to be interesting in the new year because there are some notable contracts coming up for renewal, which as far as we're aware, as far as dirt sheets are aware and all that sort of, have not, I shouldn't call them dirt sheets, the other wrestling but journalist outlets, because they they do provide good they do provide good information according to the internet yes according to the internet <laughs> notable contracts coming up Johnny Gagano is supposed to have his contract expire on the third of December uh, he signed a one week extension so he could do war games uh, so I think war games so the main event for war games at the moment is NXT 1.0 of Champa Gagano Pete Dunn LA Knight versus 2.0 which is uh, Grayson Waller Bron uh, Breaker. Uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. So it's like, so again, it's like, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I will, I will probably watch War Games because I like War Games. I'm disappointed that William Weagle hasn't turned up to shout War Games because that's tradition. So when you mess with tradition, you know it's not going to go well. Um, anyway, maybe he, he maybe like, he will turn up on the final NXT 2.0. Maybe he'll turn up on the night and be yeah. the one to use the match. War Games. War games. Um, so yeah, Kagano, it's not an extension. I mean, I, I mean, I probably would not want to be there at the moment. Uh, Carl O'Reilly, again, up in December. Currently a team with Von Magna, who made a random appearance on SmackDown one week. No one referred to him by name. So that's good. And uh, yeah, obviously, we, I think we've talked about this before. Uh, Kevin Owens' contract's up in January. And... Yeah, I don't think I don't think AO is staying either. So it's yeah, it's like I think I think for 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 talent with sense they've seen they've seen that on the door they've seen they've seen they they can see how this is going to turn out and so and like I said, there are other companies out there that are probably going to appreciate their talents a lot more, a lot more. But yeah, it makes it makes things. I'm, I'm running out my sleeves. I don't know why. Maybe I'm because I'm about to get into <laughs> business. I'm getting into business here. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, things like the releases have made trying to get invested in something like Survivor Series very difficult. Um, also, when there's been little to bugger all in terms of build to Survivor Series, um, how on earth do you get invested anyway? Um, because <laughs> The, the the reasoning behind a lack of build is because they did a lot of focus on Crown Jewel, which happened end of October. Um, it was an okay, from a wrestling standpoint, it was a good show. Obviously, all the all the asterisks and sort of, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, all the think. obvious stuff. Yeah, all the obvious stuff about the about the Saudi deal is is still prevalent and it's still kind of. Hmm. But um, no, I mean, there, there were some decent matches there. I think if you do have to go and see a match from Crown Jewel this year, uh, Hell in the Cell was very, very good. So was the Women's Triple Threat for the SmackDown title. Other than that, it was kind of like a house show in, in most phases. 
But then after, uh, and then during Crown Jewel, we have the draft. So a lot of people swap brands. And pretty much when you look at the Survivor Series lineup, it's like it's people who are on opposite brands. Two weeks, a couple of weeks ago. So how can brand supremacy mean anything when they've only been on the brand for three weeks? So this this brings up an interesting thought. So the thing is, there's been this, this viewpoint of that there hasn't been much in the way of creative because they had Crown Jewel. I have seen so many comments, and even I have come up with thoughts as to how they can make this show more interesting by default. Mm. Survivor Series is one of the traditional big four, and in my case, I very much went in with the mindset of, okay, I've not watched WWE events since SummerSlam, and that was kind of an exception to the rule, perhaps, of how events may be, because it was in a giant stadium and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I was thought, right, if there's going to be a couple of traditional Survivor Series tag matches, I will get to see a bunch of performers, wrestlers, whatever the correct term is at this point, mm-hmm. and I'll get to see them be showcased and kind of get an idea for a bunch of the characters that are on, and there'll be a bunch of other characters as well on the show, and I could get a good scope of where things are probably at right now with certain characters in the world of WWE. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a very easy drawing point to how you can showcase some new people. We'll get to it a bit later. Austin Theory was a prime example of that for me in terms Mm. of someone who has not seen him on the main roster and let alone NXT, quite frankly. And for a first time viewing of someone, that was a great showcase from my point of view. Mm. But the other thing is, there's a little event in January called Royal Rumble. Yes. There are ways you can emphasize what something could mean. You could have it be a Survivor Series tag match that whoever is remaining on a winning team will be guaranteed a spot in the Royal Rumble. Mm. If it's a champion versus champion match, it could be that you get to select the next challengers for the team you beat. So it's kind of a bit of a bragging rights or a one-upping yeah. type thing. Like there's, there's, It's not much even that as an idea. It's still a hell of a lot more than what they produced as to mm. why you should care about this show. Yeah. Because there I mean- wasn't ultimately... Even the main event, that th- there was no reason to care about it. No, that's just me being blunt. There wasn't any reason whatsoever. No, that's not, and that's and that's nothing against Big E and Roman Reigns. It's just, it's just, it's a simple house show of champion versus champion. What else is going to happen here? There was no story. There was no storytelling elements to it. And we'll get to that match a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's. I think the last time I was probably ever invested in Survivor Series was probably when they when they were forced to bring in NXT into the into the matter. Because that actually but, but, but because they got stuck abroad. Yeah, the last uh, the previous crown jewel. Um and yeah. But, from- okay, actually you know what? Here's an sorry to cut off, but here's a, here's just an interesting question. Because you've been you watch WWE more far more regularly than I do. Yeah. Do you remember one thing that happened Survivor series last year? The only things I can remember was uh, Drew and Roman had a really probably had the best match, but Roman rolled him obviously because he was on his run. Um, and yeah, it was the the time where Seth Rollins had a weird time off period where he just went, "I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good." Got a broke kick and got eliminated within ten seconds of the of the men's Survivor Series match that year. Other than that, I, I can't remember. For look at me, what's going on? I, I now for record, I didn't actually watch the show, but from mm. what I recall. Was that also Undertaker's retirement? Yes, I forget that. <laughs> right? So the reason I mention this is because 
that for a load of people was a reason to tune in. Mm. Even if the matches themselves didn't have any lick of importance to them whatsoever. Yeah. The idea that this is Undertaker's retirement show, if you will, was a big deal. What was it? It was like 30 minutes of his friends coming into the ring and all these entrances, and then they all got out the ring. Undertaker, <laughs> Undertaker turned Undertaker's up. Undertaker's a dead man. He doesn't have friends. He just turned up and went, <laughs> rest in peace. And he just walked off. It's like no sort of... I think, I think it's like the... When he was trying to retire at WrestleMania 33 by taking off the hat and stuff like that, that felt more. That felt more. I was going to say which time. <laughs> well, it's like well, if you watch the last, it's like have you watched the last ride documentary? Yeah, I, I honestly like the, the, his last few matches just kind of blend together for me. There was what yeah. the Bray Wyatt one, the Roman one, obviously uh, the Lesnar one Cena. at 30. Yeah, John the, Cena. The, the John Cena one was the best of the final three. I don't care what, what anyone Boneyard? says. It was Boneyard? the best one. What about Boneyard? Boneyard was no, no, Sorry, a, a actual in-ring match. Like the Boneyard oh, okay, match was... Okay. The Boneyard... This is a tangent, but the Boneyard match is the best presentation of The Undertaker for at least a decade, mm. in my opinion. The best overall encompassing presentation. Yeah. Minus maybe Shawn Michaels matches, but, you know. Yeah. No, fair enough. So... But yeah, so, so yeah, so that's why I was saying, like, in terms of highlighting importance... Last mm. year, there was actually a reason to tune in if mm. you really wanted to. Whereas with this, there just really wasn't. And it showed a heck of a lot. <laughs> well, on the basis of that, shall we, shall we kick straight into it? Shall we, so shall we... I, I, I need some liquid courage. Now, for the okay. record, I don't, I don't drink alcohol, but I have an entire two-litre bottle of Pepsi here. So I intend fully... There you go. That's proof it's brand new. He's gonna, uh, he's gonna chug it. He's gonna chug, chug, chug. No. I mean, uh, well, look, I've got a pint glass here, so I'm gonna. Ooh. Every time I need to refill this glass, I'm gonna make it known to emphasize how many pints <laughs> that this thing made me drink. So, uh, right. So let's let's go straight into it. So um, we'll do we'll do like a little play by play things. We'll go through the show as it goes. So um, we'll start off with the kickoff show because the kickoff show lays a few ground things that happen in the show in the main show. So, first and foremost, we have the kickoff match of Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest, Intercontinental Champion versus US Champion. Um, this is a pretty, this was a pretty throwaway match, to be honest. Nothing, again, not a lot of stakes. So why do you get invested? Um, but they, they've, been, they've been going with this Damian Priest, Jekyll and Hyde character for a little bit now. So he's no longer the Archer of Infamy. He's just a guy who's also, he's called Damian too. He must be a devil, but he's also a priest. So he must have the patience of a saint. Um, so it's a fairly it's a fairly normal back and forth match. Rick Boogs, the guitar man for, for Nakamura, is just playing guitar now and then. And every so often when he plays the guitar, Priest just goes, Oi, no, don't do that. Don't do that at all. That gets me angry. Does it again. He goes, Oi, don't, don't. Third time, he goes into high like Damien mode, which is just him just going. Goes into Damien, but is this like the equivalent of like going? <laughs> is this like the equivalent of Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk, and he just can't decide which one? No, he just bulges his eyes and just angrily scowls because he just rolls out, takes the guitar, breaks the guitar, attacks Shinji, Shinsuke, Shinsuke. Did you just call him Shinji? Shinji? No, <laughs> don't get in the robot Nakamura. No, no, no. <laughs> He'll just go. Come on, <laughs> oh, God. Play the, guitar, Play the guitar, Boogs. Play the guitar. 
<laughs> it's like he just plays the rock Oh, just starts playing the Evangelion thing. You see, already, right? That is far better than this pay-per-view. That idea right there. Did you remember when when uh when when now King Woods, um, but yeah. Xavier Woods we used to come with a trombone and would play oh, yeah. little songs on his trombone. And he would do like a Final Fantasy winning theme one week. And every week it was like a little inside joke for everyone who knew, you know, what songs you're going to play today. He should just do that. Just start playing random TV show theme songs and just see if anyone notices. I still love the Final Fantasy level up when they were chatting with Seth Rollins one show. It's like... <laughs> yep, literally. Uh, That's uh, how Boogs could get over right there. Yeah, no, he just, he just uh, you know, you know what I miss? I miss the violinists that got turned with, with Nakamura during TakeOver. They just followed him to the ring and they were just doing, they were doing the theme and they were just bobbing along. And then when he went to do this little like thingy, when he goes down on his back, they all went down the back and went, oh, play the violin. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that madness. But yeah, so the bottom line is, um, yeah, edited in DQ, Nakamura won. Um, Nakamura didn't, well, doesn't do anything for Nakamura because he's been repeatedly pinned as a champion the last few matches in tag matches. And yeah, he's not been protected as a champion. So, Oh, so oh, you mean you, you mean typical WWE champion booking? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. When Damian Priest has actually been undefeated since January. So, yeah. Make of that what you will. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> backstage, Limo has just pulled up. And a lot of people who are not on the Survivor Series card and probably fearing for their jobs, are all just gathered around wondering who's in the limo. It's Vince McMahon. Hello, it's me, Vince McMahon. Everyone goes, yay, please don't fire us. Please, no, 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 no. We need to properly emphasize how Vince McMahon was cheered like he was a member of the Beatles in Beatlemania. This was so over the top. Yes. And he go, and after that, he just talks, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Goes into his limo and produces the egg. To when which... he first pulled that out, I genuinely thought it was a grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone starts chanting egg, egg, egg. Now, for the context of this, uh, Survivor Series is sponsored by Red Notice a film on Netflix starring The Rock. Um, it's oh, very, very... Dwayne of Johnson, you say? Yeah, Dwayne of Johnson. Also, the film has become like Netflix's most successful original movie. That's great. I thought it was a load of bollocks. Uh, but that's another... <laughs> that's, another that's another That's another discussion for another time. A slight positive. I've said this on my own personal stream. Positives, I think uh, Dwayne, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal... Gal uh, have some have wonderful chemistry. They're, they're, they're great fun. They they seem to like to draw themselves. I just think the story's a load of shit. Uh, I just got so I just got annoyed with it by the end. So what um, you're saying is there's a pattern here. There's a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So basically, the plot of Red Notice is um, Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson are looking for Cleopatra's golden eggs, which are worth 100 million when brought together. They're free eggs, and Vince McMahon somehow has one of them, and people just go. Egg, egg, egg. And we just think it's a silly, we just think it's a one-off thing. And, and oh, lo and behold, it didn't become a one-off thing. And we'll get on to that a bit later on. Because then the main show starts and it has an intro where pretty much it's an advert for Red Notice. 
They did this with WrestleMania Backlash, but they had Dave Bautista narrating the opening video to promote Army of the Dead for Netflix. So it's kind of like when you're at WrestleMania Backlash, it's like fighting zombies in Las Vegas in Army of the Dead. It's like, wow, I didn't know wrestling and zombie fighting could be one and the same, Bautista. Sign me up. <laughs> I mean, depending what kind of audience you're performing in front of, yeah, there might be a lot of zombies, but... Yeah, true, true. I think uh, Adam Pompier's... Uh, pained reaction while trying to watch it on WrestleTalk just sometimes like, why are they promoting Red Notice? It's a wrestling show. Why are you promoting Red Notice? Uh, it's just, yeah. It's, of it's, which, can I just say from the outset, right, is it not the most just wonderful irony that <laughs> given how much they promote the Peacock streaming service, that the sponsor of this pay-per-view streaming on Peacock, exclusively on Peacock, is to mm. promote a product exclusively on Netflix. <laughs> it's it's kind of like you're watching wrestling on Peacock, but you can also watch Red Notice on Netflix. Wrestling on Peacock. Why don't you watch Red Notice? You know what? Put the remote down. Watch Red Notice. I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't mind watching Red Notice again over this, to be perfectly honest. But that's enough. That's discussion. the thing. They were literally telling people, go to Netflix. Why are it's you like, watching this? It's like. It's like, why aren't you watching the beautiful people steal eggs in Red Notice? Why have you not watched the beautiful people stealing eggs in Red Notice? Why have you not watched the beautiful people stealing eggs in Red Notice? Welcome to Survivor Series. Do you, do you want to see The Rock? You won't see him here. Oh, we'll get on to that a bit later on. We'll get on to that a bit later on. I will so, say, by the way, that's a, that was a really good advert, by the way. You just what, did. From, from me to say, yeah. why aren't you watching the beautiful people? Why aren't you watching the beautiful people, Jeremy? Why? Because they were why? in Ring of Honor and not WWE and Fair Impact enough. for a while. There you go. Fair enough. But we that's how open... I got it. That's how I got it back onto wrestling. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we opened the show with uh, arguably, I think, the match most people were actually interested in, and that's Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. So Raw Women's Champion versus SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, now this this is a feud. That took advantage of some real-life heat between the two performers. Um, so obviously the, the draft happened, uh, and they were both champions with the opposite brand. Oh no, what would oh, we do? You mean the daft draft? Yes, the daft draft. Say that several times. Uh, <laughs> so basically, in the good old, good old WWE logic, so should we just put the belts on other people in that brand? Nah, just do a title exchange on SmackDown as a main event. I'm sure that's going to go down well. Uh, does not, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think both performers thought it made them look silly, but they they tried to make the mess, best of it. But there's a bit where Charlotte goes off script and just throws belts around and so forth. Apparently, leads to an actual real-life shouting match backstage between Becky and Charlotte. Charlotte gets escorted from the building. Uh, that's I think that's been documented by a, a lot of the wrestling websites there. Um, so unsurprisingly, in typical WWE fashion, they've kind of banked on this animosity uh, to build the feud. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's basically about who's the better wrestler. And we used to be best friends. Now we hate each other, but this time for real. Um, so it's it's the only match on this card that kind of has a story. Um, and it's probably and they put it on first. Yeah, because it gives you, if they put it on first and Roman and Big E are, are, are closing, that means something might be happening. Hmm. Anyway, this match, I mean, out of the matches on the card, this is probably the best match um, because it, it comes across like a real slugfest. I know we last time we were talking about uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, slight AEW tangent, 
And obviously, this is a, a field where you feel general, anim uh, general animosity towards one another. And they just basically, they're not there to do fancy wrestling moves. They're here just to punch each other and just find out who's the better person. It's kind of like the same here with Lynch and Flair. Um, it comes up like a real slugfest. Some of the wrestling is a little bit sloppy and on Krogoff, but it works. It works well in the context of the match. And it was actually quite, quite entertaining watching them kind of try and one-up each other. Ultimately, it ends up with uh, Charlotte trying to do a cheating roll-up. Doesn't uh, Gets caught, told off by the ref. Becky does the same, wins. Um, so yeah, and you can you can tell how much you can tell how much I think people uh, I think some of the wrestlers generally didn't enjoy that because it's like the moment Charlotte's pinned, she's up, she's picked up a towel and she's walking out because she's just not 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 there to sell anymore. So I I disagree with that slightly, and I'll explain okay. why. Because uh, first of all, I thought great match for me, easily match of the night, yeah. easily. Yeah. Now what what I actually loved the finish. And I'm not one mm. for really liking cheating finishes, but the fact is that. that is that Charlotte rolled rolled her up and grabbed the rope, and mm. the ref clearly saw it, mm. and then obviously it then got rolled up again, but this time Becky rolling up Charlotte. But the key detail is that the ref altered his position mm. so he couldn't see much of Becky, if you will, and yeah. so Becky like went to grab the rope as like as well. Get my hand in shot there yeah, as yeah. well but then didn't, looked towards the ref to see if he was looking. And when he hit one, two, then she grabbed the rope and then three was hit. And then obviously she had won. So yeah. it was the thing that she cheated, but it was incredibly tactical cheating. Yeah. And the, and I, I took it to be the reaction of Charlotte basically kind of having a smile and walking out of basically just giving the equivalent reaction of, you bitch. Like you mm. beat me in my own game, damn you! Like I'm meant to be the dirtiest player in the game. That's how I took it. Okay, fair enough. And that's how it came across. And I, I really, really liked that finish. And mm. th they got the crowd super into it. The crowd were really up for this match. Yeah, they really they weren't were. up for much else. There's a reason for that, mm. which we'll probably get to in a few minutes. But yeah, they, they got the crowd into it, and just this match, like you said. It felt unique. Well, you didn't say mm. that exactly, but because of the circumstances, the way it played out, it, perhaps sloppy in places, but, mm. but it's kind of designed to be that way. Yeah. And yeah. because of that, it felt really unique. And as has been said in so many freaking documentaries on WWE's own network, case in point, like Matt Hardy uh, and Edge, when they had their thing going on over Lita, when you add reality into something, people can tell. And mm. that's why it resonates. CM Punk's pipe bomb. When you yeah. add reality into something and the, him v. John Cena, it really, really works. ECW One Night Stand 06, when RVD beat John Cena. And that crowd did not want to see John Cena win because mm. they wanted their ECW got champ to win. It's just, you know what I mean? When you add actual reality into it, be it from the people who are performing or the crowd being ultra invested in it, or in a best case scenario, both of them, it can make for some magic. And this was an example of that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Harry in the chats has said, they put it on first so people could watch Red Notice after the main event. You see? <laughs> you see, Harriet? That's a great point, because everyone, they probably knew no one was going to watch the rest of the show. Or if they did, they knew they were going to be sorely disappointed. Yes. So yeah, it's it's yeah. I think, like I said, I think match of the night. 
Yeah, I, I think out of all the matches on the card, I think this is the one I think most people are looking forward to anyway. Um, so yeah, if you need to watch a match right now from Survivor Series, this is the one you just need to go and watch. Uh, so we have this match. Meanwhile, backstage. <laughs> well, well, well but before that. Before, before that, before okay. That, before that. If I remember correctly, we get our first, because the other thing about this show, everyone, not only is The Rock involved in Red Notice, 25 years ago it's the 25th anniversary of the rocks debut at survivor series 96 at madison square garden with his really random tassley like garb rocky maivia there you go the blue chipper and all the other words that they say but so the big thing about this show was they're celebrating the rocks 25th anniversary mm-hmm. and they're doing little highlight packages of moments throughout the rocks career because you know it's the rocks 25th anniversary yeah. And if it's the anniversary, one might put two and two together, even if it's not outrightly been said or advertised anywhere, mm-hmm. that The Rock might be involved in some actual capacity in some way, other than promoting his film. Or, as we'll get to, providing an egg. Yes. And then the story of the egg continues in the next part of the show. Because Roman Reigns has gone up to security, told him to clear out the way so he can go and see Vince McMahon. Goes in to see Vince McMahon, and Vince has gone, you see this egg? This egg was a gift from your cousin. It's worth a hundred million dollars. He's like, the ones they used in the film were fake. But this one, this one's real. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Can can I just interject for a second? Okay. I, I need to just put it back on us. So, I understood everything you said a bajillion times more than I understood any lines of dialogue in these Vince McMahon backstage segments. Whoever was producing these from an audio point of view really needs to learn how to turn a microphone on. Because I am convinced it was only a camera attached to the microphone that was on because the audio I was I watched the entire show with noise cancelling headphones and I still couldn't make out what was said in these segments so <laughs> the fact you've actually added more clarity to that and explained the backstory of this story that no one really wants to know about thank you because I really appreciate that good good look at this egg it's worth a hundred million a friend your cousin a rock he gave it to me it's real it's real Sure, Vince. Sure, it's real. It's going to be worth as much as my own contracts as Roman as he leaves. So basically, obviously, Roman playing up the sort of he's a big deal sort of thing. So, I t- is it not interesting as well that in the space of what was it like th- three or four days, we had two promos on wrestling shows talking effectively about contracts and bidding wars? Because MJF mm. did it on Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, here this is all about an egg. It's an egg. It was, an egg, it was an excellent idea. Uh, I'm disgusted at you for that. I'm not. It's far more entertaining than this show was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to Vince McMahon and his wacky adventures with the egg in a few moments. But first, it's the Men's Survivor Series match. Uh, so this was uh, Seth Rollins, uh, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory from Raw versus uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, Seamus, uh, King, <laughs> King Woods, 
the way you said Drew McIntyre, I just need to acknowledge this here because I'm pretty sure everyone else heard it as well. When you said Drew McIntyre, your voice glitched on the word McIntyre. <laughs> it was quite interesting how that just came out in my I headphones. Was just to I said, oh, Drew McIntyre. No, your voice legit glitched. It was perfectly oh. timed. You can't, you can't plan that stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, we have Drew, we have uh, we have Woods, we have Happy Corbin, we have uh, Sheamus, and we have Jeff Hardy. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's your usual sort of brand supremacy sort of things. Um, so with this match, you had a few good storytelling beats. You had Kevin Owens currently continuing his uh, raw run of "I'm not a bad guy, but I'm, if you want me to be your bad guy, I'll be your bad guy." Uh, stick, and it, do, do you know Ian? I'm sorry to cut you off. I keep doing that a lot tonight, but I feel the need to say. You know what really, really gets me hyped up for a match Is it involving wrestlers that I'm actually really interested to see? Mm. You know what really gets me hyped? When you show me a pre-match promo telling me who isn't in the match now. Because when they showed the promo and they highlighted... Rey Mysterio is not in the match. No. And I can't remember who he was replaced by, but I immediately thought in the nicest possible way, I want to see Rey Mysterio. Then they were talked about Dominic being removed. And it's like, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing Dominic in this. He's a really cool wrestler. And then they keep highlighting people that aren't in the match. And then we get to the match. And the first person in the ring is going to be Kevin Owens, the prize fighter. Fight Owens, fight. Whatever you said his current gimmick is. He's yes. getting ready to fight. And the first thing that happens, he walks out. Yes, because... What better way to get me hyped up for this 10-man tag match than to have someone who the fans genuinely want to see walk out and do soddle? I mean, to counter it, that he has been having a good little run on Raw at the moment with this character. So it, so I think if you, if you watched the previous weeks of Raw and kind of got into that sort of understand that he was kind of in this sort of weird mental mind game with Seth Rollins and Big E, it's like this This wasn't really surprising to an extent if you're very familiar. Obviously, I can understand from your point of view, not having seen Owens in a while, this is a very weird sort of thing. And they do very little to kind of touch on it, I suppose, in, 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 the, in the actual show itself before the match. So Owens, Owens gets himself counted out. During the process of the match, both Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley both get themselves counted out in, in a very silly in a very silly fashion. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing them beat seven shades of shit out of each other and throwing each other around the ring. That's great. They have great, they have great, they have great chemistry, but just to just kind of go, Oh no, they have fallen over the barrier. Oh no, they counted out. Well, this is a disappointment. <laughs> so, um, I think Jeremy's the thing just, is, the Jeremy's thing is, Ian, his composure. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, let's move on. <laughs> How do you have three countouts in one Survivor Series match? Now, there's an element where, uh, by the way, in case you haven't figured out, people, I am trying to politely bury the show. Um, I get the idea you need to protect people. Having someone walk out does not protect them. Having two guys who have got really big history with each other this calendar year and before that quite frankly, in some cases. And a, you can tell they're actually up for a fight. The moment Drew's walking out, Bobby Lashley's got like laser-focused eyes on him. Mm. It's so... I'm actually hyped to see them wrestle again. Not probably realising they wrestled each other like three weeks ago or something on Raw. I don't know at this point, probably. But still, there's that element of 
you get to rekindle some rivalries. And they go to a lame-ass double count-out. I mean, we'll get to the count-out in the women's match. Because quite frankly, that count-out, and I try not to swear much on streams, but that count-out was utter bloody bullshit. Like, what well, no, is just... I'm sorry, I mean, folks. Jeremy Swan. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so you know sorry. It's never happened. He's going to have more cheap. You know what, Ian? <laughs> I need to chug some Pepsi. Hang on. All right. So yeah, during, yeah. So during the match, we have little things. Sheamus and Jeff Hardy team up, even though they've had a very bitter blood feud last year. They team up and do moves together, like the chest smashing and all that sort of stuff. Um, and basically, the the people get whittled down pretty quickly. So you've got, I mean, Woods is King Woods is dismissed very early on, which is a bit of a shame. Happy Corbin gets out of there quickly, which is good. Uh, Balor's just there to work. Austin Fury has a good showing in it as well. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to Seth Rollins versus Jeff Hardy for Sole Survivor. And it's like, it's like uh, this was kind of referenced on a couple of reactions. It's like, it's like, good old Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff is trying to keep up with this, but he's just, he's just, he's just not, it has a lot of energy sometimes. It's like, good old he's Jeffrey. Just, he's just, he's just sometimes, he's just kind of, bobbing up and down and, uh, and then just going I look forward to the day <laughs> that Jeff Hardy needs to like properly turn heel and he's yeah. just going to start wearing a suit and tie and mm. he's just going to be called Jeffrey Hardy <laughs> and he's going to be like <laughs> yeah literally he'll just be like you know some kind of he'll be like corporate Kane but in Jeff Hardy form <laughs> <laughs> but you know, honestly I'll go back to this match so from what I was talking about and how utterly bullshit the countouts were and stuff yeah. The last like five to ten minutes of this match, I think, what was actually really good fun. Yeah. yeah. When you had Balor in there, and then when he was getting eliminated and leading up to the finish, even the freaking random double team involving Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, like yeah. as weird of a visual as it was, they actually really got the crowd going. Mm. And I got really into it. And but that the finish of the match was great. Really, really yeah. enjoyed how this match ended, which considering how it started and how it was going. They couldn't hmm. finish the meme properly, and they actually gave you a good finish. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good finish. I mean, Seth winning worked with his current storyline with Big E. He's number one contender to WWE Championship, so it it makes sense to agree. There's no number one contender for the Universal Title right now. You uh, could say so- it was an extremely good finish. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. You know you know what's the best way to celebrate the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment? Have the 25-man Battle Royale for The Rock sponsored oh, by Pizza Hut. I better take a big sip of drink for this. Oh, you better take a big sip of drink because this was absolute garbage. <laughs> sponsored by Pizza. I'll, I'll have you know, Ian, Pizza Hut on a good day is not garbage. I, no, Pizza Hut is. I like Pizza Hut. I don't have Pizza Hut a lot. We have Domino's, a lot of Domino's nearby. But I do like Pizza Hut's like stuffed crust. I really do. And we're not endorsed by Pizza Hut. We'll stress that now if anyone watching on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Pizza Hut, not a sponsor, and they won't be after what yeah. WWE did to them. Yeah. So this is basically over the top rope battle royale with a lot of tag teams involved. Why? I don't no uh what's at stake pizza why else not not just not some endorsement by Dwayne the rock johnson no no pizza especially so, like yeah so sorry go on but then i'll, I'll make my point yeah so uh, a lot of it's basically there's 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 
shenanigans and bollocks involving people trying to eat pizza and then not eating pizza and getting angry about pizza. And ultimately what happens is uh, almost the, the giant man, the man who is so incredibly tall uh, and also can't take an actual bump still, uh, wins this without so much as a threat, to be honest. And their victory was pizza. But then the street prophet said, no, you can't have the pizza. We're going to take the pizza and we're going to fling it into the audience like Frisbees. People love this. So, um, first of all, I need to point out something that's been said in the chat. Yep. Uh, very, very correct comment here being made by LJM Matthews Art. Pizza Hut Buffet is great, just to say, first off. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Second of all, now, this Battle Royal is to mark the 25th anniversary celebration of arguably one of the biggest stars ever. Wrong wrestler, but it applies here. In the context <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> and the way you celebrate this is to have a 25-man battle royal. Yep. That, on the surface, makes sense. Yes. Yes, it then does. Then you present a battle royal, which, watching it on television, was so boring, stuff just didn't keep happening for quite a while. Mm. Occasionally, there'd be an elimination. Occasionally, the announcers didn't know who got eliminated and had to actually wait to see who the face was to figure it out. And then ultimately, nope. oh, sorry, go on. No one let Byron Saxon have any pizza because no one, no one seems to like Saxon, which is a shame. So, so this is the thing, right? Okay, so yeah, right. I've got, I've got to make notes. Why, I go along. Here. So, and then you're endorsed by Pizza Hut for this battle royal. Now, I get the idea of having a sponsor for a match. Yeah. How would The Rock feel about this? Can you imagine if The Rock had been in that building and he saw the mass of humanity that celebrated his 25th anniversary in this incredibly turgid, dull piece of utter garbage-like shit that was a battle <laughs> royale? And how do they and how do they celebrate the winning of the 25th anniversary battle royal? Is there a trophy of the rock like there was for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? No. Is there a commemorative plate because it wasn't that good for a trophy that you could give the winner? No. Is there any kind of prize money or championship opportunity given? No. You get some pizza. That's how we'll celebrate it. The pizza, which it should be noted. They just started flinging into the crowd. The winner doesn't even get his share of the pizza. <laughs> it just <laughs> no gets pizza for you, boss. <laughs> it just gets flung into the crowd, which one potential health and safety hazard. Two, Pointy. do you think Pizza Hut are happy that their product just got thrown? And then three, and I think this is actually a really crucial thing from a sponsor point of view. The Street Profits, after nicking Omos's pizza and just throwing it into the crowd, take the rest of it, go to the top of the entrance ramp, where there are two of the cheapest ass-looking tables and cloths that you could find with a couple of pizza boxes on it. And what do they do? They pick up a slice, and you have never seen anyone try so hard 
to take the smallest bite of pizza ever. <laughs> ever. Go back and watch it. It's like a crumb that he takes off the edge of the pizza and then he gives the reaction like it's the best thing in the world. And you know what I said to that immediately, Ian? I shouted, bullshit. <laughs> because you cannot... I just utter bullshit. I was... <laughs> as a pizza-loving man, I was offended by this segment. <laughs> and Pizza Hut should be too, and they should try and get all their money back for sponsoring this match. Because And The Rock should, should file a lawsuit for defamation of character for this match. <laughs> you should try... And they... Who, who owns the Rock trademarks? Is it still WWE or does Dwayne actually own it? I'm not sure. I can assure you after this, the Rock's going to make sure he freaking owns it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, LJ Matthews Art says, you can call this battle a Royale with cheese. Uh, but then but then that'll have to be sponsored by Burger King. And then you could have had the Burger King. You could have had the, the Sneak King himself involved in the match. That would have been better. Well, if it had been Burger King, then he could have had it their way and it would be fine. It could have just been yes. shit. Yes, and if all if they all they had all they had KFC, they get Dolph Ziggler dressed up as the Colonel once more, fighting people. I mean, he did take on Miz in a giant chicken outfit back in 2016. They could have doubled down and give them a couple of buckets of chicken. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Chris McDonald's giving them a McFlurry for the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, backstage. Definitely not the managers of Raw and SmackDown, Adam Pearce and Sonny Deville. Go and see Vince McMahon, and they're having a whale of time. They're, having a, they're saying, it's a great show. This has been one of the best Survivor Series in years. And then Vince turns up and kind of goes, have you seen my egg? And he goes, my egg is gone. I don't like this. Find my egg. I don't care if both the rosters, they stay here on Raw tomorrow night. I want to know where my egg is. It's worth a hundred million dollars. It's the real one from that Red Notice film. And, and, and it's an egg. But where, who stole my egg? <laughs> I mean, I feel the need to add, Ian. You're missing a crucial point here. Okay. He first blamed the janitor for nicking it. <laughs> then remembered he has to blame the roster for his promo. I don't know. Well, I mean, we've had had wrestlers dressed up as janitors before. Time for a Pepsi refill. I mean, I mean, the last, I think the last major wrestler dressed up as a janitor was Randy Orton. He had night vision goggles, and he was taking out a room full of legends. I mean, oh <laughs> it's like just not the way you just pointed it. I mean, it's a load of bollocks. <laughs> it, it is. It's like the thing, the thing is, right? I need to ask. So. Oh. Why am I trying to bring continuity I, into this? I just, I just imagine, I just imagine this, the bum is like, it's like in the pub. It's, it's just like, a, oh, it's like, oh, pull yourself up a, pull yourself up a pint. Oh, okay. You saw that wrestling last night. Oh, yes, it was proper shite, that was. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, do you know what I blame? Pizza Hut. Um, <laughs> so, look. Pizza Hut. So, uh, now, because I clearly cared far more about something else. <laughs> Did you notice the decor in Vince McMahon's office? Okay. Can, 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 can you bring up the screenshots again? So, notice the legal pad to his right. Oh god, it's empty. <laughs> there is literally nothing written on it, and the two pencils <laughs> are just sitting there. 
This is how much I cared about his damn golden egg that I noticed this. I actually wanted to try and zoom in and see if there was anything written, and there was nothing. I was hoping there was going to be like some uh, an unintentional pun here, a slight Easter egg in there of like some crucial information or something. But the other thing I want to make note of is, in theory, if we're going by, I'm going to say WWE canon at this mm. point. Vince McMahon has surely been in that office the entire time. Yes, he hasn't left at all. So how could anyone take it from him and from them or to the point without him seeing? Maybe they were watching Red Notice. Maybe they were having so much fun watching Red Notice with the beautiful people, the beautiful people stealing eggs. Why aren't you watching the beautiful film of people stealing eggs? Could so, have just stuck in and the egg. Do you want to know why? Because he was watching something on Peacock instead. Maybe the show he's at. <gasps> he's <laughs> just as a double inception of, I'm watching this really good live stream on Peacock. I'm sat in an office. I, I've never seen myself sat in an office. Vince, that's the, the, the live. Oh, where's my egg? Where's my egg? I think, I think, I think. Where's my extreme, where's where's my extremely valuable golden egg? (laughs) The real one. You're still allowed to Cleopatra. Egg. Coming at you. I'm going to make a WWE champion in 12 months. And then I'm going to fire it for budget cuts. (laughs) Moving on. We'll get back. We'll solve the mystery of the egg later on. But moving on. Okay, bro. Take on the Usos in a tag team. Oh, in fairness, actually, wait, no. Can I double back on something? Can you go back? Can you just bring up the graphic quickly for the men's tag match? Because there's something I forgot to make mention of that I alluded to. I've got got the men's tag match on the screen here now. Uh, Sorry, uh, the men's Survivor Series match. Sorry. Okay. So, sorry. I forgot to make mention this because I alluded to it earlier. Austin Theory in that tag match, I thought was really, really good. I thought his presentation was really cool in terms of a new character showcase from my point of view of not watching WWE. I instantly got, he's a dick. Mm -hmm. I instantly got, he loves taking selfies. And the fact that they then actually showed the selfies that he put on social media is actually really good fun. Mm. And in terms of him wrestling, I really liked it. I liked the fact that he pinned, was it Seamus he eliminated? Yes. Just for a good showcase, it's like, you know what? This is an example this, this is a perfect example of them showcasing someone new amongst established guys. Mm. And I just really, really like that. Sorry, that just suddenly came to mind when we were talking about the egg and like who could have oh, stolen it. It's fine. I like Austin Fury. In NXT 1.0, he was actually quite entertaining. He was a good sort of comedy, heel-esque character in a way. So it's like he's a really great wrestler, but he's not all that bright. And I think they've kind of carried that over a little bit into his main roster run so far. But he's more, he's more of a... Um, What's the word? He's more he's more of a very vain, vain sort of heel in a way. Hmm. But yes, uh, after after shenanigans of the egg, RK Bro, take on the Usos. It's Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton becomes like the most uh, the rest of the most pay-per-view matches in WWE history, which is a nice little that, that's what happens when you arrive in 2002 and never leave. Yep. <laughs> um and yeah, this this is a fairly this is a fairly standard tag match. It was all right. There's nothing much to write home about it, but yeah, you get your nice RKO out of nowhere from a Jimmy. I think it's a Jimmy, or yeah, I think it was Jimmy Russo splash. Victory for RK, bro. And there's there's 
there's really not much to say about this match, to be honest. And I don't, and it's, I don't, it's like, yeah, it's, it's. I have two yeah. things I can say. Okay. First of all, a question for you. How long has this really weird remix of an RK Bro song been a thing? Just after SummerSlam. Okay, so just after the last show I watched, that makes mm. sense. Um, yeah. So the other thing, there was one really, really, really cool thing that happened in this match. Mm. The RKO from an, from an arriving from the sky Uso. Yeah. How are WWE so capable of missing the coolest moment, arguably, of the entire night. Because the camera angle they had was just zoomed in so much, mm. you actually couldn't tell what happened. I thought he just landed on Orton really weirdly for a second. Yeah, and it wasn't until they showed the replay, and the crowd is going freaking mental over it. Mm. It's just like, it, this kind of reminded me why, like, there are so many, like, camera things that happen in wrestling in general, which annoy me. Yeah. But this is one of the WWE things that annoys me. It's like, just show me the damn move. Mm. If it's a really cool moment, don't let me see it on a replay. Just let me be in the moment. Yeah, you get you get a sort of better when they do like a slightly wider replay, and you just see Orton just kind of quickly running in and just doing the RKO again. Mm. It's a it's a beautiful thing to see, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's like it's like I don't have much to say on this match. It's not like it's a bad match. It's a serviceable match. It's like a house show match. Well, there was nothing on the line, like I mentioned yeah. earlier. There, there wasn't, I mean, when you're both the champions, there isn't much you can do. But like I said, they could have had a little bit of, they get the winners get to pick the next challengers for their opponent's yeah. belts or something. Like just something, anything. Yes. Uh, so we go from the tag match to the women's Survivor Series match. So on SmackDown, we have Sasha Banks, we have Shotzi, uh, we have Shayna Baszler, we have Natalia, and Tony Storm, who's the number one contender to the SmackDown title. On Raw, we have Bianca Belair, we have Liv Morgan, who's the number one contender to the Raw Championship, uh, Rhea Ripley, Queen Zelina, and Carmella. Uh, yeah, um, there's very little storytelling beats in this match, uh, other than the whole so uh, Shotzi and Banks thing, which is still carrying over from SmackDown. They had a one-on-one, -on -one. Banks won. They were supposed to be professional makeup. Banks punched Shotzi because that's what baby faces do. Um, and yeah, that, that 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 somehow contributed to the whole sort of count out shenanigans that happened in that match. And, and everything else didn't really add much. I think the only thing to really sort of look at it from a booking standpoint, it keeps Bianca Belair looking strong, uh, which is which is great. It's a little bit of a disservice to the other members of the roster, maybe because there, again, there's some really good talents there as well, and it's like. You don't necessarily get to see it a lot in this match, especially when you're Tony Storm and you're Liv Morgan and you're the number one contenders for those respective belts. And you're kind of taken out of the equation a little bit early. It's like, okay, maybe if they were like the penultimate, like penultimate four before it was like the final one-on-one, fine. And, that, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be negative with Bianca. I think she's had a hell of a year. She's a great performer. She's still a really, a really great wrestler. But it's like, if you keep making someone so strong, it's like, it's like the whole thing when people weren't really, it's like people loved it when Drew McIntyre won the WWE Championship for the first time and all that sort of stuff. But that is like the more you make, kind of make them unbeatable and unbeatable and unbeatable and unbeatable, it becomes a bit repetitive and boring. So it's like, I think she's in a feud with Dewdrop on Raw at the moment. Because. So. So, your thoughts. I have questions. 
I don't have any answers, but I'll try. What the heck is up with Carmella needing another mask or a face or something like that? Oh, this is the whole thing with her feud with Liv Morgan on SmackDown a couple of months ago. Basically, there was a point where... Months? uh, Months? It was about a month or two ago. Yeah, she thought she injured her face. So she demanded to be wearing a face mask. So every time she now wrestles, she she tries to put on a face mask. Um, that, can can that she is... not do this before the match begins? No, because she needs to have her entourage do it because she's the most beautiful woman in WWE, apparently. So I'm reading far too much into this. Okay. Um, so she gets her entourage to try and put the mask on. Yeah. They seemingly fail to do their one job. Yeah. She then goes on the apron into the ring mm. to try and put the mask on. As you do. Fails as you do. at her own job that her own people couldn't do for her. As you and do. Then get, and then gets eliminated. As you do. This was almost the equivalent of Kevin Owens walking out in the men's match. <laughs> except she just, except she actually tried to do more, slightly more than nothing. Oh. <laughs> uh. I, can't, I, I don't want to imagine, but I wonder if someone just sat back when Kamala saw Kevin and go, I'll do a little bit more than Kevin and then I'll go home for the night. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> but then again, it might be the whole booking, the whole book of it. I'm pretty sure it's not the performer's choice sometimes. Mm. But So let's, let's get to one of the main moments of this match. Now, first of all, also shout out to Team SmackDown for being the only Survivor Series team completely color coordinated. Because they all had slightly, they all had slightly bluish ring gear. Weren't Raw in the women's match all red? Pretty sure they were. No, because Selena Vega was technically like a weird, like orangey pink type thing. All right, I think. Okay, Okay. I, I I don't know at this point, but anyway. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) moving on, the way that that Sasha is eliminated, Mm. like. The fans were really not into this match, and the way the match was crafted did not help. No. Liv Morgan is easily one of the most over people in the match. It's just casually eliminated at some point. Mm. To, to, to emphasize how much the crowd were really enjoying this match, they started doing a Mexican wave and started doing CM Punk chants, to which the CM Punk chants from clearly a very tiny but loud section of the crowd were then booed by some fans. <laughs> and now, Obviously, I'm lo- I'm hoping that that is more from the perspective of show the women some respect yeah. as opposed to just booing the punk chance for the sake yeah, of it. Yeah, it told a lot that there was an actual reaction to the chant in that way, and yeah. that people had more than other stuff to do. But the I the think, actual I, sorry, go on. I think as well. I don't know if it's just, maybe it's just from the fans' perspective. People have chanted for CM Punk. He's back in AEW. Why enough are we chanting about it now? Maybe that's maybe that was some of the mind for the fan, but no, I think again, it's like the the, the, the female wrestlers involved are incredibly talented. It is, and we've talked about this on like on the on the first episode of the reboot of this of this podcast. It can be a very disrespectful chance sometimes when people are legitimately trying to pull on a good match, yeah. and if you you just can't be invested because it's not really interested, then why on earth you bought a ticket in the first place? To be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, and as for how that. Sasha, after how Sasha Banks got eliminated, like having having a bit of a tiffy, I'm gonna say, with your fellow colleagues who you don't get along with, and that's the story of the match, so that's fine. Mm. But why would her own teammates 
do a really bad job at preventing her from get from not getting in the ring. She was in the ring when she was counted out. <laughs> she was she was all but in the ring. Literally, it ah. Uh, tr- mm, I need to break something. It drove drink, me. Drink s- more Pepsi Max. Drink more Pepsi oh. Max. It make you feel better. There you go. Medicine. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just ah. Oh, it was. <laughs> excuse me. It, it, I drove too fast it, now. Um, it looked it looked silly. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I can understand from a storytelling perspective, I can imagine why that carried on because of the whole um Shopsy uh thing. But yeah, I can't it's like uh, it's like it, the way they execute it is very, very dumb. The thing is the thing that's more okay, so there are two there are two sort of factors in this that I want to highlight in particular, and this kind of sums up a lot of my thoughts on the show. It's an insult, well, three thoughts. It's an insult to the talent who are involved because it's not a fair showcase of what they can do. Mm. Now I get you might have storylines. That's kind of the other thing I was going to say. And you want to maintain some storyline things or protect champions and such like that. Yeah. But how on one survivor series show, do you have four count outs across mm. two matches, four count out eliminations. That's not on. Think of something better. Do a better job. Mm. The other thing as well is, quite frankly, it's an insult to us as fans. Like, If I'd have been in that building in New York, where was this at? Like Brooklyn, at the Barclay Center? Yeah, if I'd have been in Brooklyn in this building, I legit would have been fuming. Because it's like, some people probably paid, what, upwards of at least a few hundred dollars to be in that, at that show? And if that's what you got throughout the night, and you're just, it's already a bit of a stretch to say, why should I care about this? It's Survivor Series, one of the traditional big shows. All right, I'm sure it'll be good fun. Mm. This is just a slap in the face. You get some great moment, you get like a great moment or two with Bianca and and uh, Sasha Banks, excuse me. And, it, you know, it's great while it lasted. It's really short-lived. And ultimately, you get the whole Bel Air basically defeating all of SmackDown to win mm. the match. That's a really cool thing for Bel Air as like, I say a character for lack of a better word. Yeah, as a character. Yeah, it's a really cool thing to highlight. But again, what does it all mean? Ultimately. I think, I think there, there are other little things they could have played on. I think Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley had a really good rivalry in NXT UK. Um, I'm surprised they didn't play on that a little bit to kind of... NXT UK doesn't exist. In but main yes, roster, land. but 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 yeah, it still does. <laughs> in, yeah, but, but, in, no, but but Ian, it doesn't. Oh, if the championships are not acknowledged now, therefore they it does not exist. But again, it's like, but they did acknowledge Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler's uh, feud in NXT. They did. They have acknowledged, but, but, they, they, but, they, acknowledge they, won't, but they won't acknowledge Charlotte being NXT champion now. No, no, not of course. Um, so yeah, there are, there are little there are little feuds and stuff like that you could you could have built on a little bit just to kind of go, mm-hmm. oh, we're rekindling something and so forth. But mm, it's kind of just thrown to the wayside in, in, in the storytelling roots. It's like, I, I hope, I hope moving forward, Morgan and Storm, considering they are number one contenders in a way, have better kind of uh, character side of work. So and I think they're doing an okay job with Morgan against Becky because Becky's trying to be like a bully heel in a way, mm-hmm. trying to be a little, uh, and she got, they got into like a little altercation on the raw Monday night which is all right. 
I imagine um, it'll be a fun match as well when it yeah, happens. I, yeah, I think hopefully all goes well. It's a lovely sort of wrestling coming out party for Liv Morgan to finally announce herself in it because she's she's grown as a performer and as you said, the crowd the crowd really like her. So hopefully it leads to something. But yeah, ultimately, uh Raw win the match. I think at this point, uh one, two, uh, three, four. Uh, five Raw are winning Survivor Series five nil at this rate. <laughs> uh, five one if you count the kickoff, which sometimes they never do. Uh, so yep, and then we move on to main event. Ah, uh, 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 no, 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 no. Okay, you need we have a couple of important things. Well, less clearly the most important thing that happened, which was the next Rock career highlight video highlighting the Rock's twenty fifth anniversary. Everybody, in case you didn't know. It's the Rock's 25th anniversary. We're celebrating it tonight with a Pizza Hut-filled shit fest of a Rock anniversary battle royal and some great clips. But also what occurred, what also occurred, Mm. was a small backstage segment involving Paul of Heyman. Yes. It was during this where the one important note of the entire night took place, and that is that Brock Lesnar's indefinite suspension is no longer indefinite. So it's it's still a suspension, but it's not forever now. It's, it's basically what they're saying. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Mm. And now, watch the beautiful people stealing the eggs! Uh, no, 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 no. Reigns uh, <laughs> versus Big E was the main event. Um, and yeah, again, it's it it was a slow start, but it builds up and it comes into like a nice little power move sort of match from both, both champions. And again, it's a nice little match. The wrestling's good here. I think the wrestling was very good here. Again, why? Why? It, it comes off like it just comes off like a very elaborate house show match. The the I okay. So first of all, I thought the match was all right. Did yeah. not like my world on fire. There were some great moments. Biggie looked really strong. Yeah. Like he survived what three or four Superman punches and then he, just got up. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, though, also Reigns actually. In a kind of a weird play on words here, but he actually acknowledged through his reactions that Biggie was getting up and you know not staying down. Mm. But of course, that's not really put across on commentary or anything to help no. emphasize how strong of a champion Biggie is. But that aside, there are some great little moments in this, like when Biggie suddenly hit the big ending and nearly got the three, but it was Roman yeah. grabbing the rope. That was a great little moment. Lots of great little moments in this match. The problem is it had to follow everything else that came before it. Yeah. And by the time it got to this match, much as people probably won't want to admit this, the crowd did not care. Mm. Because the feeling that you got when you're just told in a backstage segment that Brock Lesnar's indefinite suspension is not indefinite and that you've been celebrating The Rock's anniversary all night, mm. one might think... It's building something, to something. Something's going to happen after this match. And it's not to say the fans didn't properly not care. You know, there were great moments when Biggie nearly got the win. There was a definite moment there where everyone was super into it. Mm. But when the match ended, it just felt like it just it ended. Mm. And then the way things were being shot, the way people were reacting, there was literally that feeling of, right. 
what we're closing out with, what's going to happen, what we've we been building up to all night. Yeah. And what do we see? We see Roman Reigns eventually stand up in the ring. He's given his belt. I think he poses. I think I don't remember at this point. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves the ring. Biggie's lying on the ground. Title belt next to him. He's a champion, you know. You know, got to keep mm-hmm. champion looking strong, even when yep. he's beaten. Yep. Roman Reigns starts walking to the back. There's someone holding a sign in the crowd highlighting why are Shawn Michaels tight so far up his belly during his match at SummerSlam '93. But why were they so high up though? I don't know. But why, really Jeremy? I need answers, Jeremy. This is the, this is the most provocative question that came out of Survivor Series, other than the egg. We'll maybe, Shawn, later, carry maybe Shawn Michaels the day before had had a really big buffet at Pizza and needed to try and hide his belt. <laughs> it was like, oh, I've got to hide the buffet. Well, Vince will get angry. <laughs> so Roman keeps walking. And then we get the graphic that says the show is done. We get the little copyright. Hang on, where am I in this? We get a little copyright dog in the corner of the screen. Mm. And the show fades to black. That Survivor Series is done. And that's when I realized something, Ian. And this is when I went digging around on the internet because I knew someone will have tallied this up. (laughs) This show was three and a half hours long. Mm. 70 minutes of this show was not wrestling. We got Vince McMahon promos. We got rock segments, a backstage interview. The, the Zia Lee segment that you mentioned, like the video hyping her family story. Yeah. You can't boo her. That was an amazing video they made, mm. all comic stylings. Arguably, one of the best things on the entire show was that Zia Lee promo. Mm. And if they ever try and turn her heel, they're going to fail, quite frankly. Mm. Well, we got a rap. Random Bobby Lashley hype video, which makes him look like the biggest baby face on the planet, even though he's a proper heel. Sure. And and ultimately, 70 minutes of this three and a half hour show was not wrestling. And that's including entrances, by the way, as well. I'm highlighting that as well. Okay. Actual in-ring wrestling, 70 minutes of it was not wrestling. If I'd have bought a ticket and been in the building, I would have demanded a refund. You know what's you know what's great about a tribute show to The Rock? When he He's makes a, an excellent appearance? Well, well, he makes an excellent appearance, but then just doesn't turn up. So, okay, so, so that's so that's Survivor series. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like forget it, Ian. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, basically, I'm going to have another. I'm have another breakdown in a minute. But um, so the big thing of the show was people obviously talking about the fact the Rock wasn't there. Mm. Now, from what I have heard, WWE never expressly advertised the Rock would be there. Mm-hmm. So, from that element of it, they are covered. But when you are celebrating the anniversary Mm. of The Rock's career, you'd like to think that you would see more of him than just in a trailer. Yeah. Even if it's just a video, because apparently I think he's in Europe somewhere filming. He's actually Australia, I think. Australia. Oh, okay. I was close. (laughs) 
Um, it's several thousand miles away, but you were close, Jeremy. You were close. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so you, I would like to have thought he would have recorded some kind of video message. Just outright acknowledge, guys. I'm currently abroad filming a movie due to like. Thank you. He could have even love. just said. Well, no, he could have even literally said, due to quarantine requirements, I couldn't, I wasn't able to get back to the show. Just say that, acknowledge it. And everyone's like, fair. Yeah, you know, not happy, but fair. He's a busy just, guy. Yeah, but just do like a little couple of minutes thing, just reminiscing or talking about certain things. And then it's like, okay, he wasn't on the show, but he was. Mm. That at least would have kind of not, wouldn't have made the situation better. But it at least would have been like a nice little, you know, tie the bow, if you will. You know, yeah. you've tied the bow. You've kind of, you set to rest The Rock's career. Because boy, did that show wonderfully celebrate his career. What a battle yes. royal, everyone. Sponsored by Pizza Hut. And Red Notice. Know. Where the beautiful people steal the eggs. And I'm not going go. to go into solo mode now. I've, yeah. I've done but, all my but, shouting about the beautiful people. There you go. But, but yeah, so like when it comes to the whole Rock not being on their thing, quite frankly... If I was The Rock and this show was celebrating my 25th anniversary of my career and I was told there's going to be a battle royal that's going to celebrate your career. We're going to show you little clips throughout the entire night. We're going to do a cross-promotional thing involving a golden egg that's going to go missing. I probably wouldn't have shown up either and made sure I was abroad. You should have, could have asked, could they change the pizza to the tequila brand that I run? No. Oh, no then. I mean, it's, it's quite funny that, and people have pointed this out, The Rock actually sent a recorded message to Impact Wrestling for Ken Shamrock's induction into the Hall of Fame <laughs> and do anything for this show. But then again, it depends. It depends if WWE actually even went to talk to him either. I literally was going to say, do you reckon they even asked him? I don't think they did. Part of me thinks they didn't. And they just think, ah, people will just tune in because we have footage of The Rock. And it's like, it's like, and I was reading a few reports on some of the wrestling sites saying some people in WWE Express concern that they were promoting a lot of The Rock without The Rock actually being there. It's like, it's like saying you're going to see, you're going to see your first look at this incredible movie and you just get shown like a picture of a set and go, that's the set. But we've sat through this two-hour thing to get there. So it's kind of like a lot of what the Netflix Geet uh, videos did over the summer, where they go, we're going to do a Splinter Cell anime. <gasps> yes, this is a shot of the anime. Okay, that's all you're going to see. You but, gonna trust us. Else? but trust me, it looks great. Trust yeah. me. I mean, that, I mean, around that time, they were going, oh, yeah, well, we can tell you, it's like with Bebop, they were going, we'll tell you that this person's involved. You're going to show a trailer? Your show's out in three months. We'll see you in three months. Come back. Come back. Suffice to say, I, I, I'm one of, I think, quite a few people at the moment who seem to have enjoyed the new Bebop. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed is a strong word. I like it. There's some things There's some things that don't necessarily work, but overall, I think it's still a bit, it's, a, it's an admirable attempt to do an anime live action. I, you know, honestly, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to. It's just trying to find time to actually properly mm. indulge in it. Yeah. I think my only, I said this on my own personal stream on Monday. If you really, really hold that original anime dear to your heart and it's like something you always revisit and you cherish it, maybe not watch the Netflix version because they, they, they do change a little bit of 
steps across the thing and it kind of comes across a bit weird but if you're okay if you're kind of like i like the anime let's just see what they do i think it'll be fine with it to be perfectly honest i mean there's a lot, lot to enjoy it but anyway that's anime we're talking about wrestling uh, <laughs> oh yeah we are aren't we um <laughs> You can tell how much Survivor Series has left a proper, proper good little feeling in our hearts. But, but Jeremy, but Jeremy, what happened to Vince McMahon's egg? Well, on Raw Monday, Vince wanted to find the egg and he promised whoever found the culprit would get a WWE championship match. Lucky can, for him. Can, can, can I, before you talk about who it was, can I just ask, because I've not watched Raw, and I will not watch Raw, how much of the show, in like a percentage scale, do you reckon, was taken up by the mystery of the egg? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Fair enough. <laughs> Continue. It's like, I, it's like I, just, I just skim Bleach Report for the results on Raw, and it's like, if they say things are worth watching, then I'll go and check it out a little bit later, but it's just like, I, I, I can't give my time. Like, Ian, the correct response. Yes, lovely. <laughs> so, yes. So apparently, Sami Zayn found out who the culprit was, and lo and behold, it was Austin Theory, who borrowed the egg for a selfie. Uh, Vince McMahon was so impressed. He went, oh, that kid's got guts and balls. I like you, kid. You've got a WWE championship against Big E tonight. Austin lost, but he had a whale of a time. Whereas Sammy, who, did, who wanted the shot, was told off, no one likes snitches. And thus ends the story of the egg. Scene. So, and on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what? I, I can also imagine, did, did Vincent Mann use the word, like, he's got a, lot of, got a lot of gumption for telling me outright. Gumption oh, yeah. is like a word I feel like Vince would say. I think I think he just I think he said guts or balls. It's one of the two. I can't remember gump gumption. Great fruits. Um, oh, you got giant eggs in your sack. <laughs> 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 uh, so, um, it's trying I need to, to lie down. Me. I know, right? <laughs> so, I again, I still want to know how did Austin Theory get into the room to steal the egg without Vince noticing? I don't know if that's acknowledged. I'm going to be honest. I don't care. Um, but I'm really walked... happy that... Go on, sorry. He probably just walked in, went, oh, an egg, and picked it up and walked off yeah. while Vince was on his phone. Also, the <laughs> selfie that Austin Theory posted, it's freaking great. I don't know yeah. if you've seen it, I've seen it doing the rounds. It's freaking great. I think but I might actually have it. it. Carry on talking, I'll see if I can if find you've it. Got put up. But I'm, I'm really happy that if this is only a one-week push for Austin Theory, I'll be a bit sad. But the way I look at this is, what as dumb as this entire thing is with this egg, what a wild way to actually push someone new and get them in the main event of the show in a championship match. Mm. As ridiculous as it is, from the Austin Theory character, based on what I saw at Survivor Series and what I've you know seen read after the fact, I really like this. And I shouldn't. And it annoys me that I really like this. But I really like it. It's like, but we're giving WWE the mandate to go do more silly bollocks like this. That's the problem, Jeremy. Well, especially when you get lovely selfies like this. There you hey, go. Look how smug Vince looks. Oh, yes. Good brand synergy. Do you know what, do you know what makes that, though? It's, it, what makes that, though, is, is, is Austin Theory and Vince's face. 
Like, you just look at Vince's face in the background, and it's, there's that look of, it's a double look of, ah, what's that kid doing? Oh, it's a photo. And he got him at the exact moment when he realized what he was doing. <laughs> it's, like I, it's like I got my $100 million right back. All is well in the world. <laughs> why does this why 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 was this a thing who knows i mean i, I feel the need to point out a comment for it from harriet in the chat which is it's amazing that an egg was all it took to break the wwe fans i mean they tried to break the fans with the gobbledygooker at survivor series years ago with a giant egg so you mentioned the gobbledygooker right yeah would it not have been the the utter best coming full circle story <laughs> if it turned out it was the gobbledygooker that no, stole no, the egg no the egg should have hatched and then you have a hench gobbledygooker just wearing the mask <laughs> and the shorts just going I've evolved Vince put me in the match <laughs> gobble it's like gobble it's like a Power Ranger enemy when Rita Repulsa makes the monster grow at the end. Suddenly gets the Omegazord in battle. <laughs> oh. Just imagine Rita Repulsa played by the role of Vince McMahon. Oh, with, the big, with a big sort of circular hat and chest going, yes! Oh no, it'll be like the hat he wore after Donald Trump shaved his head that he wore for a while. <laughs> Uh, this is already great. Um, but yeah, I, I, so can I also point out, you know, I was telling you about how people were being removed from the match, like in the, in the tag matches. The fact that freaking Sami Zayn was removed from the men's tag match, again, was like, a, why are you removing him? He's great. He got into a tiff of Jeff Hardy about what it takes to be a leader in teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. He wasn't a team player. Off he goes. He vanished. I remember when he lost the match and he just looked at the graphic and just saw him fade away. He's like, oh no, he's been snapped out of existence by WWE Thanos. Did you, this is, I don't care, this is a tangent, I'm going with it. So did oh, you no. hear there was apparently a legitimate scientific study as to whether Thanos snap was actually possible? If that is not an example, <laughs> if that's not an example of some people having far too much free time in this world and getting paid to do it. I don't know what is. It's almost like Vince McMahon having a golden egg. It's like, I'm, I'm an important scientist. I've got nothing to do today. Shall we just see if that thing in Avengers Infinity War actually, actually can happen? Well, what do we need? Well, first we need, we need the Infinity Stones. Well, what are they? Well, they're very powerful stones. Where can we find them? They don't exist. Why? Because they're fictional. Ah, does that mean this, this, so this means it can't happen? Indeed. How long have we taken with that? We've taken five minutes. Well, that was a very good scientific study that we did. Yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> How can I follow <laughs> there was science science was done <laughs> genuine question <laughs> why am I even going to yep if Vince McMahon could have any of the infinity stones oh no which do you think he would pick He'd probably have like the reality stone, I guess, because then he'd just turn it into the reality of everyone going, Yes, Vince, 
you're still a genius. You're still the greatest wrestling mind out there. Ah, yes. <laughs> I mean, he, he would. I look, I look forward to when Vince McMahon eventually finds out the MCU exists and then he has time to like oh, watch the films. Oh, who made who made the suggestion? What was it? I think it's Nick Khan, who's like the, one of the CEOs for WWE, was saying, oh yeah, WWE is kind of going to be like Marvel. It's like, no! You Stop it! <laughs> We're going mean, to have... The, they, oh. they, had, they almost had a superhero and they, were, and they killed that before it began. You know. They're thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna be like Marvel. We're gonna be, we're gonna, we're gonna get. It's like we might be brought by Disney. Do you think Mickey Mouse wants to <laughs> deal with this shit? Oh no, Pluto, let's go! Ha <laughs> 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 I am now the mystery GM of Raw. Tonight, I want a, I want a fight, a hardcore match in the Magical Kingdom. It's gonna be the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns going up against. Oh. I don't know, Goofy. Gorsh? Spear! <laughs> you kind of just sounded a bit like Paul Heyman on Helium. I'm not going to lie. Ha ha! Ha ha! Extreme. Can you just shout gore a few times like Paul Heyman would back in the day? <laughs> what? Like that. What, like Mickey Mouse? <laughs> yeah. Like, gore! 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 Ha gore! <laughs> ha! Gore! Oh, that, that shouldn't well, work as well as it does. Go, goofy, goofy spine's broken, but it's fine. We can rebuild him in the animation department. <laughs> in why did I spend? Snap. <laughs> why did I spend ten billion on WWE? <laughs> it's probably worth less than that. It's, probably, it's definitely worth less than half. Honestly, at this point, would would Disney want to touch WWE? Like, probably I, not. To to. I mean, in terms of the whole sort of making profits, I mean, a lot of people say it's it's looking like it's a sell. I think I would be surprised if it wasn't for sale. If they're trying to make themselves look so good, but in terms of it's like there's the the legitimate possible buyer out of anything could be just Universal because they own Peacock. They could, they could, because oh, th th you just just this is how my brain but, is just. But wired then, now. but then again, it's like AEW using Universal Studios for dark tapings. It's it's a it's a it's a studio. It's a backlot. Like that yeah. doesn't really mean anything at this point. But what I was going to say is because uh, you just you mentioned Universal, which is technically NBC Universal, I think, yeah, which is yeah, like yeah. owns USA or Comcast. Network. Comcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice how in one of the Survivor Series, in one of the, in, I don't know which match it was. It was probably the Rock's crappy anniversary battle royal. Yeah. But all the, all the wrestlers were wearing like Raw and SmackDown shirts. And on the Did back, you notice you how the on the back of the shirts has the, the TV logos? I bet Fox were really happy that their show was just utterly mullered all night. I think they may have had to maybe kind of save face with, with USA for, you know, promoting Netflix for the entire evening and Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. McDonald's, McDonald's. Mm. This Ugh. is making me hungry. I know, right? So... Anyway, on that bombshell. Th or there, is, there, there, there is some... There you go. As, as Harriet said in the chat. <laughs> oh, fair play, Harriet. Nice one. Um, I will say, so there is one other thing we should just make note of because it's, it's, it's freaking dumb. So WWE announced that they are doing a pay-per-view on New Year's Day. 
I'm just going to ask you, Ian, and I mean this with all sincerity. What is this event actually called? Day one. When I saw the logo and they had their weird advert of everyone just holding up, up like one. You know, one. 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 When I saw one the logo, <laughs> I genuinely thought the event was called WWE One Day. One day in WWE. That's right. <laughs> Just because the way the logo was formed, it's like, what way am I meant to read this? It looked like, it looked like a generic uh, Twitch streamer badge you, you you use as a logo to get started. <laughs> I don't know. I want it on a shield. Yeah. Now, based on having watched Survivor Series, I can't think of a shittier way to start the year 2022 than watching a WWE pay-per-view on the evening of January the 1st. Well, at least they have a month now to actually give a shit about stories. Maybe. They probably won't, because Rumble season's just around the corner, and that's when everyone forgets the shitness of the stories. I, I, I won't lie. When I It suddenly occurred to me, because when they were showing that commercial a couple of times, I thought... What is normally the December pay per view for WWE? I just, it I would genuinely, it'd be TLC. It would be, be TLC, but they, they're not doing that this year. Yeah, but it's like I just, I, it was, at the time I was like, I can't remember what it would be. Like, what the hell is it? And then eventually, when they said, "Ah, oh, this is our last pay per view of 2021," on commentary acknowledging like the, the next show is on January the first, and I literally just thought, "You picked a hell of a bloody show to put on for your last one, didn't you?" Let's send well, out 2021. Let's send out 2021 with a bang and welcome in 2022 with an even bigger, shittier bang. Well Most done, everyone. Good job on 2021, everyone. Good job. Good job. Record profits. Record profits. Tons of people out. But you know what? Day one. Day one's when we go again. Day one is when we go again. Oh, Jesus. So let's make, let, let's do, let's just, here's, here's a random thought because this is going to be fun and then we'll start wrapping up. Okay. Make a random prediction for something that, that be it a match, an occurrence, whatever, that could happen on what's that event called? Is it one day or day one? On, day one. on, on Jan 1st. <laughs> on New Year's Day. New, Year, New Year's Revolution. That's what they should have called it. They should have opened up the book and gone back. They, they've the literally park. got a whole catalogue of, def- of just defunct pay per view names. And Tuesday they came night, up Texas. with. <laughs> right? But it's just that anything like. Pop another one for that. Like, you know, I don't know where the event's taking place, but the, you mentioned New Year's Revolution. They've still got the bash. You know, that would have made sense. A New Year's bash. Oh, thought of a new name. Shock horror. Drink some Pepsi. That's <laughs> also so, stress. We're not sponsored by Pepsi. I flipping <laughs> wish we were, though. Um, <laughs> You'd be so, like Wade Barrett every time. Oh, he's got his Pepsi Max with cherry. He's laughing it up. Uh, actually, I'll have you know, raspberry for the raspberry. raspberry. Um, <laughs> He's got his raspberry cherry Pepsi Max. Uh, carry on. I mean, Sorry, speaking I of know. raspberry Survivor Series, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so 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 make a <laughs> make a random prediction for what could occur <sighs> on day one. Until <laughs> the very first day next year. Well, I'll wake up. That's what I'll what, do. What, just think of like what's it. If you could, based on what we've seen, the matches that have occurred, stuffs going on, what would you what would you think could happen on that event? I'm going to predict there will be a match to determine who gets to enter in at number thirty in the rumble. 
That could be an idea. Yeah, that could work. I could see that. Because literally, the easy way to book... The, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to quickly look it up, but when is the Rumble next year? Uh, one of the easiest last weekend ways, of January, I think. Last weekend okay, because one of the easiest ways they could take advantage of the fact that they're really close to Rumble is just to book a bunch of matches involving the Rumble. could be really easy. You could set up a title match there. All sorts. But no, you're, you're, gonna, you're, you're definitely going to have at least a few... You're going to definitely have, like, the WWE and probably Universal Championship match. It will there'll probably be a filler feud for Roman, to be honest. Mm. I mean, I mean, I could imagine them continuing the Xavier Woods storyline that they've been going on a moment with with you know, with SmackDown. So it's like they've had the last couple of weeks where Woods and Reigns have been kind of having it out with one another. But mm. but again, we don't know if that leads to anything, or it's just a filler feud until Brock turns up i think if, mm. if i think if brock comes back he's gonna have a match for the belt at royal rumble and he'll probably not win it to be honest mm. so january 29 is when it january is. 29 yeah so last weekend yeah so that's a that's a heck of a long time they've effectively got two months to build to the rumble now mm. and they can really do something big there. it's taking place in st louis I can't remember off the top of my head if anyone in particular is like from St. Louis. Could they do like a home? T- I mean, what's the point of doing a hometown thing? WWE would just bury them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's I, yeah. a prediction for me. But, you know, we are arguably, I mean, hey, we've just come out of the one time of the year when the two brands cross, but it's only the one time of the year until Vince McMahon decrees the next night on Raw, everyone from both brands shows up to be on Raw. Ooh! Um, no, he'll, no, next year he'll have the second egg from Red Notice. <laughs> oh, no, don't think it's an ongoing thing. So last year I was given, given an egg by Dwayne, but now Dwayne's found me the second egg and also a bottle of his tequila. He's still not here. But wow, what a guy. It'd be like Pete Rose coming back at WrestleMania to attack Kane. <laughs> um, <laughs> just once a year they acknowledge it oh, and that's re- it. replace the 24-7 championship with the 24-7 egg championship <laughs> it's just you get to hold the egg for a while you can be excellent 24-7 uh, you can be extremely popular 24-7 I'm in pain stop this <laughs> please <laughs> so folks on that note i think we are going to wrap it up there for today as mentioned at the top of the show this is our final live stream of bunker mania for the year that was 2021 what a year it's been folks i mean fair, was, there's, there's, there's been some great wrestling but man yeah. what a way to end it like this yeah we and we've got to what we're planning to do for for the christmas holidays is we're going to have two special episodes of pre-recorded so one of which is going to be us talking uh about 2021 in general so we'll be talking about the highlights the lowlights so everything from AEW to wwe and all that sort of jazz as well as hopefully talk a little bit about winter is coming uh and then the uh, then the second one which i think i think that 2021 one will probably be towards the new year uh before christmas we are going to try our hand at looking at some of these very interesting uh christmas movies starring wrestlers and and trying to figure out why on earth would we want to watch them um, I mean, Santa's sleigh is available to watch on Amazon Prime with Go- Bill Goldberg as an angry Santa killing people. It's only 70 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is there is the there is the Prime watch along feature available on Twitch, so he could actually have a little fun with that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think, maybe yeah. this, maybe maybe this won't be the last live show of the year. Then. Maybe, or maybe I'll just subject Jeremy to watching the trailers and then and then debate whether or not we want to watch it. I mean, we could we could watch uh, Christmas Bounty with the Miz, who plays a bounty hunter working at Christmas, or maybe Jingle All the Way 
two with the Miz or Sa no, no, Santa's little no Santa's little helper with the Miz and Page. Well, as in or, Diamond Dallas Page or no, Page as in as in as in as in Page Soraya. Okay, sorry, I think it is Soraya. Oh. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah so, so that, that is the plan for over the Christmas holes, folks. So there will definitely mm -hmm. be a couple more shows before the end of the year to help you help you pass the time over the festive period, as it were. And then and then we'll be back in 2021 to talk about day one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know what they say quite a lot. It's a new day. Yes, it is. No, day one works. Day one rocks. Day one rocks. Day. No, Ian, stop it. You're letting Egg them win. Excellent. Egg. Excellent. You know what we should do? We should ban the, ban the word egg. And then go and watch the beautiful people on Netflix. I, I feel the need to point out Harriet in the chat has just said, hopefully at Easter it, it, it won't be a Cadbury's cream egg. Oh, Vince, Vince about to go, I've got a friend. He's called the Easter Bunny. He's brought me an egg. Now these these are fake in children's television and movies, but he brought me a real egg. It's filled with a creamy nugget of yolk and whipped cream. It's a cream egg. It's from Cleopatra. And I've put, who's eating my egg? Who's eating my egg? Who ate Vince McMahon's egg? I was Austin Fearing. I can't get angry at him. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Tune in later. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so another, another exciting episode of Vince McMahon's Psyche. I will know, actually, just before I forget, when it comes to us doing the show, I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain order here. I'm failing miserably because I'm contributing to it. Um, <laughs> but but in terms of the, the 2021 recap show, we do want to actually add, if you guys yeah. out there watching this want to contribute any thoughts of things that stood out to you or perhaps things that may have gone a bit under the radar, because what this yeah. may also be an opportunity to do is for us to make mention of other things we've seen when it comes to the world of wrestling mm -hmm. and such. If you would like to do so, drop us an email. You can do so on contact at bunkerzilla.co.uk. Drop us an email, leave us some thoughts in there, and we will no doubt get to a few of those during that very show. Yes. Indeed. So, so Ian, to wrap up, I wanted to, to save this story for you. Okay. Because I finished watching Survivor Series, and I was, I was pissed off. And so I thought, what the heck could I watch or do to cheer me up? And then I noticed as the show was going off the air, they promoted the fact that Ruthless Aggression Season 2 is now on the network. Yes. I've and do you know what the first episode of Season 2 of Ruthless Aggression focuses on? Hollywood Rock. And I've watched it. It's really good. It's, it's so damn fun. good. But you know what? This also reminded me. Well, two things. One. That was a far better tribute show to The Rock <laughs> than this ever will be. <laughs> but also, holy crap, man, I love that Ruthless Aggression era. It's so underrated. And mm. just watching the Hollywood Rock stuff was such good fun. Now, I appreciate some people out there don't have a network subscription. I'm probably not going to have a network subscription come the new year because, quite frankly, I don't really want to support WWE at this point, but I'm going to binge watch Ruthless Aggression and probably hit cancel. But if mm. you have got a subscription and you haven't checked out the Ruthless Aggression show yet, 
Season two is a bit different because Pat McAfee's narrating it, and that's a yes. weird thing to get used to. Did they have they had Michael Rappaport do the first season, didn't he? I think so, yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, I mean the, the narration doesn't really add to much. It's just kind of joining the dots, and a lot of it is archive interview footage. But it's when it's when they sort of touch on things like the Rock performing, doing a rock concert during during the telling run, which is so just good. wonderful. And it's and it's like I've got the I've got the best of Raw off air Blu-ray, and a mm. lot of like one disc is basically Hollywood Rock just. Mm trolling the shit out of everyone which is amazing and he's got his his kind do you like pie i like pie oh, and it's just like no i mean it's like i've i've got to go back to hollywood i'm gonna go back to hollywood and and make movies but then there's the bit where he's got to be nice when he does the make a wish stuff and goes hang on i know i'm a bad guy but i'm gonna do this hello kid the rock's <laughs> a bad guy the rock's a bad guy <laughs> the rock's a bad guy but but you but you you get to say you get to say a phrase with me kid he's like jealous mm. in the millions Ten millions. Yes, that's it, kid. <laughs> it's really good fun, and yeah. like the ruthless aggression, like documentaries. I, I am pretty damn sure there is some glaring omissions of detail in them. Yeah. But yeah. I've also watched the second episode, which was the innovations one. So talking about like raw roulette, elimination chamber, and stuff. Yeah. And there's some like int- very intriguing other footage and like some of the people they talk to you like it's really amusing now seeing adam cole in a wwe documentary listed For- as former nxt superstar adam cole it's like oh we've got this and he's not here just but former just but it's, it, yeah yeah it's and, fine. Then, and, and it's also like christian is also involved in some of them and that's like oh, this is getting awkward isn't it former <laughs> wwe superstar christian right so, but yeah, I, I'm definitely going to watch more of the Ruthless Aggression stuff because I've got a kick I, out of that first season of it. And just, just the thing, if you're looking for stuff to watch over the festive period, the untold documentary stuff is really cool as well. I've watched the, mm. the APA story where they talk about Bradshaw and Farouk teaming up together and, and sort of trying to make it work the best they can and just bonding over it as friends and all that sort of stuff. That's a really cool one. I also like Orton, the Orton Undertaker uh, story about the, the Killer. Yeah. Yeah, the WrestleMania match. And, and it's like, you, it's basically it's a it's a wonderful kind of it's kind of really sort of it's it's an it's like it's a quite weirdly emotional sort of way of seeing how Randy matured from being kind of like reckless like young gun to to the performer he is today. Um, and then also uh, one of my favorite ones is is Foley Edge at Mania as well because mm-hmm. that that's a great one as well. Um, so yeah, there are some really good documentaries on WWE. Network. The they rivalry really stuff is really good as well. They don't do any more of them, but the rivalries things that they made are really uh, good fun. The, the, the WWE 24 ones, which are like the behind the scenes stuff for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. they're quite good fun because when they follow little stories, like I think for the last one, they followed the story of, it was a two part one. They followed one story of Cesaro having his first ever singles match. They followed like Seamus, I think, but if Seamus winning the belt and all that sort of stuff. And it's quite good fun. They, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they are a little bit of a promo piece, but sometimes they are quite they're quite engaging as well. Mm. But anyway, but, but, but anyway now, now we now, now we put the network over. You know, we didn't try to, but yeah, like I said, that first episode of Ruthless Aggression season two was a far better rock tribute show than the Survivor <laughs> Series ever could be. <laughs> so, with that being oh. said, everybody, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And again, if you like this video, if you're on watching on the YouTube archive. Give us a like. Heck, leave us a comment as well. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you've been watching live here on Twitch, make sure you give us a follow if you enjoyed this as well, as there will be more stuff coming in the near future. If you want to hit us up on social media, you can find us on Facebook. And of course, there is also a Twitter, which you can find under the username at Bunkerzilla UK. From myself, Mr. Jeremy Graves, from him, Mr. Ian Bolton, we have been Bunker Mania here on Bunkerzilla UK. 
signing out and we'll see you what's that event called one day day we'll see you day one we'll talk to you day one at some point we'll, we'll, in, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see you in 2022 live so we'll be back live then. in 2022 see you then if, folks and have yeah, a lovely so, new year have a lovely new year enjoy your festive holidays stay safe all the very best adios Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooh.